ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Oh, Gloria Estefan. Oh, really? Come on, everybody. That's great. Hang on. Hello. Hello, Zan. Hello, my, my old friend. What? I was going to say darkness. And then I was like, I can't say hello, darkness, my old friend. You're pure light. Oh, thank you. I am dressed in black, though. So. Yeah, can I just say, I got a bit of um, diamonds and pearls vibes mm. from you, but more satin and leather today. Satin. It's like, I'm wearing, it is a Luke. I'm wearing French satin. Excuse me? Yes. It's beautiful. With a leather miniskirt. With a leather miniskirt. And you know what else you've got going on? And I don't normally mention brand names on Bang On, although we kind of do in fashion every week. But you were apologising to me a moment ago saying, I'm sorry, my bag really stinks. I've got dog treats in here. And you're holding up a bag, a Balenciaga bag of dog treats. You are the moment. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a really handy bag. It's a camera bag, but one of those little ones, and it's it fits everything in. I can take. There's dog poo bags in there too. <laughs> Not that I'm even near my dog to need those poo bags, but I've got them on hand if I need them for anything. This is Lady Gaga keep, walking her dogs in a Balenciaga bag. I keep my receipts in there. Just <laughs> oh, you keeping the receipts? That's my are filing. You? <laughs> that's my filing system. It's fa- it's the best bag I've had. Amazing. Yeah. Well, you're wearing it well. It's nice to see you in the flesh. Yeah, good to see you in the flesh too. We're together again. Who knows what's going to happen? Last time we were reunited after doing Bang On remotely, things got very loose. They did. Oh, I feel like that's already going up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. It's going to be a very exciting Bang On today. We've got a lot of music chat. We're going to be talking a little bit about you 2 uh, Stevie Nicks, and the Queen, who announced this week that she is going to be bringing her Renaissance tour to screens, hopefully, all over the world. When I am performing, I am nothing but free. (laughs) Is it recording? The goal for this tour was to create a place where everyone is free and no one is judged. You need Start over, start fresh, create the new. That's what the Renaissance is about. December 1st in North America, as far as we know. Hopefully it'll be screening in Australia. The Mm. Renaissance tour film is coming. It'd want to be being screened in Australia because her tour has now wound up. Nah, you're one of those people. No, Miff, don't say that. She's not coming. She's not coming. I know it. I feel it in my waters. Don't say you know it. You're a music journalist. You can't say you know it. I know it. I don't know it. No, <laughs> I don't know it at all. A but lot of people were saying this, though, and worrying yeah. that if this, she's releasing this film, that means that the tour is done. But remember, Taylor Swift is putting out her ears to a film. In fact, at the end of next week on October mm. the 13th, and she's touring Australia next year. That's true. She's continuing. I reckon she's just doing it to mark this first leg of the tour. Okay. And she has been filming every single concert, which is what you would do if you were Beyonce, and became very clear when we started watching these concerts through social media that every night she was giving us new outfits. It's become this it catwalk wild. collaboration extravaganza across all these shows and it's just been one of the most masterful things, I think, that has been at the centre of 
of this tour. Like there is no chance you're ever going to get bored of seeing those videos, mm. are you? Because every day, every couple of days, it's a new outfit. Nightmare for continuity if you're putting together the, the actual video. No, but it's good though. Do you remember that moment in Homecoming, which the film, yeah. when she did the two weekends at Coachella. That's and right. And the first weekend she had, I think it was yellow, yellow in the cheerleaders. And then the second weekend it was pink. And I'll never forget it when you just see a great moment in film or television and they were all dancing. I'm getting shivers thinking about it. They're all dancing there on stage and there's a moment where they just spin and as they spin, oh, my God, I'm getting shivers. <laughs> it changes colour. Yeah. You're going to get that times like 100 outfits. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's going to be so detailed and wonderful and, yeah, quite the extravaganza, I hope. I'm excited. I'm really excited about it too. She's got – it's not just going to be the concert itself but also uh, her rehearsing with Blue Ivy who's been – Popping up on stage, eleven-year-old Blue Ivy with How some. How do you feel about that, Mum? Getting, Mum getting, Mum getting the daughter up to have to do what Mum does. Is that <laughs> I, like you know what it feels like when I was a little kid? You're doing work experience at my work. That's right. It, it is a bit like that. It's like, oh God, can't I just go somewhere else and do it? I don't want to work with you, Mum. It's like when my Mum dressed me in a caftan in the seventies. It was exactly the same as hers. It was just like a mini me, and I'm like mini myth. And I, I know that's cute and all of that, but then you. She didn't continue with that kind of behaviour. I think it's a bit weird. You probably had daggers for her that day. Yeah, didn't you? Yeah, it's probably. like, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> no, nah, I loved it. I loved it. But I just, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a bit of a separation when it comes to, especially like with a, a, a young woman working out what she wants. I mean, maybe she, this is what she wants. I don't know. Not my, not my job to say. But I'm like, you don't have to do your mum's shows. Every, <laughs> you can just go to school. <laughs> She's definitely homeschooled, and they would have all been homeschooled from day dot. Yeah. But this is following on from Tina and, and Michael, who raised Beyonce, the ultimate stage parents. The only Basically, way. Michael managed Destiny's Child. He yeah. brought up Beyonce within that, and, of course, she went solo. Tina designed all the outfits. House of Darion. I mean, <laughs> hashtag never forget. We love House of Darion. House of Darion Also, amazing. following Tina during this whole Renaissance tour has been amazing. Just it has been. Just shares some of the most incredible stuff and just shit memes and yeah. shit captures, like <laughs> recordings of recordings of screen. It's like you're Tina Knowles. Yeah, I know. You can get someone to do that. Is Beyonce not giving you enough of a wage? Someone give Tina a Dropbox of some good images. But the, you, I think that if Blue Ivy didn't want to do this, then she wouldn't. But also, is there any other future for the child of Jay-Z and Beyonce than this? Mm. But she has been cutting some great shapes. She's going to be including included in it. There's going to be like documentaries about the the concept of this as well, which is what happened in Homecoming. You saw all the behind the scenes mm. of building it. And so far all I know is that Beyonce definitely rented a French stadium to rehearse this concert in. Like there's a reason why it looks so good. A lot yeah. of thought and care and concept went into this whole concert series. Um, and you'll get to see that. You'll be able to, you know, peek behind the curtain. So I'm super keen about this. It's going to be opening, as I said, December 1st. Big screen? Big screen? Big screen in theatres. Um, I don't know, like the last one, Homecoming, was on Netflix. Mm. That's right. We did have uh, Instagram Live. Oh, God. Do you remember? It was so bad. <laughs> we were stuck. Thanks for still listening to Bang we On after that, by the way, yeah. or following both of us on Instagram. Oh, what God. a hot mess. People watched. <laughs> they were there. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that for this. Maybe not. Uh, but she's struck the same deal as Taylor Swift as well, who they've both bypassed traditional film distributors mm. and they've gone straight to a movie chain in the States called AMC. As I said, Taylor's going to be here as well, but they've gone straight to a movie chain and distributing it through them. They've self-funded the film. They're both going to get in excess of 50% of the cut of the ticket sales. This is wild, isn't it? I love it. 
It's wild. Although she can it's afford boss to self-fund. behaviour. She can afford to self-fund. She doesn't need to <laughs> have to worry about someone going, hey, that's a great idea, Beyonce. How about we just tweak it? Imagine Beyonce in a pitch meeting. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would love it. Elevator pitch for Renaissance tour. Well, and then some exec. And then there's a horse that comes in, out. Sweaty exec in a suit saying, "Oh no, no, I don't think that. Maybe we need more cars. We need more cars, there not horses. A, cars, cars." There is a big platinum tank that comes out in the middle of the oh, set. Oh, is there? Yeah, and she rides it, and I really mean rides it. Cher style on the cannon. Yeah, there's definitely some pole dancing on top of Sweet. the uh, the can- the not the cannon the the tank. It's amazing. I'm very excited about this. Um, on the totally other tip, another big event happened this week with music. U2 premiered their big concert at the Sphere, Las Vegas. You've already got your tickets, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, I love Las Vegas. <laughs> I just needed a new reason to go. Um, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, I, I saw this footage on the weekend. I didn't know anything about the Sphere. Never heard of it before. And then on the weekend, all of a sudden, I'm looking at this Instagram footage of this wild ball that had kind of flames coming off it. It looked, <laughs> it, it's absolutely bonkers. 3D imagery all over it. And I didn't realise that it was a concert venue. This is the future of concert venues. It's new too, isn't it? It's been built Brand and this new, is the first. Specifically. And, this is, yeah. and so you two did the first, the inaugural show in Las Vegas. And when you're inside, you see the band, obviously, but the, the graphics are all around you as if you are in a world. Immersive. It's totally immersive and, frankly, freaking terrifying. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows that IMAX is shit. We don't need more IMAX. It's too much. It's like, the you know, how they do the Van Gogh on big, you know, LED yeah. screens. And this is kind of the future of a big art, art for the general population, mm. for the masses, because people love being immersed in it. We are so distracted or so unimpressed with art on the small scale that we need to have it beamed on a giant LED screen that wraps completely around us and that and there's no peripheral vision. It's all art. And that's kind of what the sphere is as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's just this big dome. But you know what? Still, down the bottom of the stage is a square stage mm. on top of a circle and four dudes in black clothes yeah, in a band. That's right. Being pretty still. It's kind of boring. They're not doing anything different to what they've done for many years. And don't get me wrong, you two are a very good band. They're very talented and mm. they've written some great songs. But performance-wise... Same show. And I don't want to compare it to Beyonce's Renaissance Tour, but I will. Do it. <laughs> it's just so dull. It's all about the tech. Yeah. It's all about the distraction of those visuals and it just got me thinking with these two things side by side and I think I saw a couple of other things and I notice this every time I'm at a festival and I'm like, wow, these and, and this is a vast generalisation but so often you'll see um, non-male performers wearing all kinds of amazing outfits, putting a lot of thought, choreographed dance, all kinds of bells and whistles oh, and, and the then you'll see a dude in a freaking T-shirt walk out. Drops up in his shitty jeans that he's been wearing all week. And no fucks given no. and letting you know that there's no fucks given. Absolutely. I hadn't thought about that. And that's that. what you two in the sphere is. Totally. Put a suit on. <laughs> You're in Vegas. You can afford perhaps one of Elvis's offcuts. Oh, that'd be good. Wouldn't that be great? I feel like they did that a little bit in Rattle and Hum when they went to Vegas in that film. Oh, no. He just popped on a cowboy hat. That was it. That was, that was it. And listened to some blues records. Come on. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be going to Las Vegas <laughs> for this. Your game, <laughs> lift your game. Listen to us. Lift your game, you two. <laughs>
I don't reckon the other thing that I saw with it as well is that it's just all about the visuals and then the band, whereas, you know, I've been lucky to see that Renaissance tour, but also seeing all the the film and the the social media around it, when you go to that tour, you feel like the crowd is as much a part of it yeah. as the performer, as Beyonce. It's such a – it's a cultural event. Everyone's dressed up. Mm. Everyone is – certainly at the show that I went to in Edinburgh was like I've never been in a friendlier, more loving and incredibly celebratory crowd. Yeah. It was just such a huge vibe on the way in, in the concert and on the way out, and it was pissing down. Mm. Everyone was just so jazzed. And I wasn't at the Sphere, sadly, um, over the weekend in Vegas, but it felt very much like this dome, almost like a Coliseum vibe of all like zooming in and focusing on this huge tech, but also these four dudes from Dublin. In jeans. Standing very still. Not dressing for the Behind a mic stand. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Good for them. Big week for Stevie. Big week for Barbie. Another one. <laughs> it's been many big weeks for Barbie and they just keep And we'll talk it, about every one of them. Hitting it through the park. It, they've released a Stevie Nicks doll as part of the Barbie music series. I didn't even know they were doing a Barbie music series. Oh, I Googled as soon as I got on this. Who else is in it? Well, no, I Googled to see if I could find the Stevie Nicks Barbie and it's already sold out. Oh. And it did say next to the cost, limit of $10 per person. Oh. It's on the black market for sure. Totally, you'll, totally. I'll find it for $300 somewhere. Yeah, you'll get it. Um, it's Rumours era Barbie, which I like. She's got the long flowing black dress. Yes. She's got the tambourine with the ribbons hanging off it. She's got the beautiful half crescent moon gold. She does. Iconic necklace. She's got the hairstyle, the flicked hairstyle. It's soft. Yeah. It's got her face. It's got her nose, she said. There was a lot of detail around the face and the nose looking right. Has she it got was... the part of her septum that dissolved? Oh, I, in the... <laughs> I remember those stories. I've heard them. <laughs> it's a very cocaine-fueled period. It was. Those rumours days. Yeah. Um, no, she had that reconstructed, I think, so I that's think good. Did. Yeah. It's amazing, though. I love these Barbies. I mean, they're well, just Who else kind is of... in, the, in the... All right, we need to Google. Yeah, I'm going to Google. What is it? Barbie movie series? Bar- Barbie music. Hang on. Music series. Barbie music series. Okay, Barbie music I'm doing series. Oh, Gloria Estefan. Oh, really? Come on, everybody. <laughs> That's great. Oh, no. Is the Miami Sound Machine part of it as well, though? You would hope so. Oh, my God. Oh, Gloria Estefan looks incredible. There's a lot of leopard print going on here and a fair dose of gold. There's David Bowie and Elvis Presley, apparently. Wow. Who else have we got? There's not a list here. Not a definitive <laughs> list. Amazing that us Googling something on the spot didn't give us the results that we needed. I'm very disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, very exciting that she's going to be a Barbie. I think it's coming out in November. Already sold out if you wanted to get it. But she was also talking, because she was on stage when she announced this. It was a really weird moment. I think it was at Madison Square Gardens and she announced it on stage, which is... um, you know, twenty twenty, very 2023, I'm a Barbie now. Correct. But also around these shows that she's doing, an interviewer or a journalist at Vulture magazine was asking her about whether Fleetwood Mac would ever tour again. I was lucky to see them in 2019 when they last toured with Neil Finn Neil joining Finn from the Crowded band. House, yes. Yeah. And it was incredible. And, of course, Christine McVie has sadly died since. Yeah. 
And I kind of love this because so many iconic bands and Fleetwood Mac have got to be one of the bands that has just fallen apart so many times. Mick Fleetwood has made it his life's work to glue them back together after so many split ups. But it sounds like that's not going to happen in this case because Stevie has said, when Christine died, I felt like you can't replace her. You just can't. Without her, what is it? Christine was my best friend. We were on our own in that band. We've protected each other. Who am I going to look over to on the right and have them not be there behind that Hammond organ? Mm. When she died, I figured we can't really go any further with this. There's no reason to. It gave new kind of weight to it, didn't it? You think about these two powerhouses who, you know, both the shift in the sound of Fleetwood Mac from where they'd gone from being this sort of freeform blues band that were largely... Um, not largely instrumental, but vocals weren't the sort of strong part of it to getting the, uh, the two female vocalists and also Lindsay Buckingham on board and switching to these like folk pop rock. They were the foundations of their success, but mm. they were still working in this realm of dominated by men, yep. dominated by relationships that were in it, all that sort of bust up. Very and difficult. The fact that they had each other, like her saying that, like yeah. we were, we protected each other, looking over and knowing she's got my back. Yeah. It really struck me. Yeah, it's beautiful and she doesn't want to go on anymore. And I I think that's a perfect response. Yeah, that's very Why would you? Totally. Do we she need, need the money, surely, too. No, she doesn't need like, the money. None, none of these people need the money. Like, Beyonce <laughs> doesn't need the money. What do they – they do it because they love it and because it's meaningful. And I They think, do it for the culture. And they're happy and they're happy to let it go when it's no longer serving yeah. that. And I, I like that. If you shared a great article with me this week with one mm. of my favourite titles. Great clickbait. Yeah, I think I just clicked on it because it said, um, well, the title is Goodbye Girl Boss, Hello Snail Girl. And I'm like, I'm in <laughs> at that. And the article by Megan McDonald on the ABC website, Why a Concept Prioritising Slowing Down is Resonating with Professionals. And this is basically about younger folk who are in their hustle era, like they're in their 20s where you, you you and I both did it. You work your ass off. You do all the hours. You play as hard as you work. You do all the things to make sure you're part of whatever the work culture that you're involved in so therefore you don't miss an opportunity and, you, you know, like that's the time when you establish yourselves. But what's happening now is a lot of people in their 20s and a lot of younger women are saying, I don't want this. I need it to stop and I need to rest. And they're making choices that I guess would traditionally be seen as quite uh, problematic for someone establishing their career. But they're like, after the lockdowns and a little bit of time to rest and reset, they're like, fuck it, we're done. I'm doing four days a week. This is what I want down the track. Keep it open for me if if you think I can do it. They're, They're basically stating what they want. And what they want is essentially a bit of peace to be not just a worker bee, and I love that. It's also, we've talked about this before, having that different set of priorities because the end goal is something you're not going to necessarily reach anymore. Millennials, Mm. even some Gen Xs, definitely Gen Zers are facing a world where no matter how hard you work, you might not ever be able to buy a house or Mm. get the other goal that you've been reaching for because there's so many things stacked against you. You don't have ongoing work. You're working in a contract Uh, You don't have enough work. You're working in part-time roles instead of full-time roles. You don't get holiday pay, therefore. Yeah, exactly. These rolling contracts which happen all over the industry and they, you know, all industries really, they, it made me think about the whole massive shift that we've had and we've talked about quiet quitting 
post-pandemic and during the pandemic and people reassessing stuff, you're still seeing that. You st- I mean, I mean, we're still technically in the pandemic. We're post-lockdown. Mm. But you're still seeing how people are going, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I still, I'm seeing a bunch of high-profile people doing making massive changes in their lives because it doesn't serve them anymore and there's that really very front of mind understanding that this is all we have and when it's all taken away from you what's important the pandemic really crystallized a lot of things for people including me as well and I know that it did for you too but that idea as well of prioritizing rest is something that I really really connected with on this because I was one of those people and I have been even up until very recently that's always had to like get through all the emails finish all the tasks push through push through my lunch break, all that sort of stuff. And now I'm like, I can't actually do it anymore. I get to the afternoon and I can't actually be creative and I see the value in rest. Mm. And when you, so many people say when you work four days a week, you are way more efficient and you do way more work and better work than you do when you work five days a week because you're sort of stretching it out. You're changing the sort of structures of your day and how, you know, you know you've got four days to execute it. Get it it done. But you also, what you do, work smarter, not harder, hopefully. Um, But that pushing through, I don't know, I just, I'm getting better at taking breaks and going for a walk instead of trying to push through because you just know that it's like diminishing returns after a certain point. I love Snail Girl. I love it. I love it. Crawling back into your slimy little cell. (laughs) Hopefully no one steps on you on the the footpath on your way out. (laughs) Isn't that the grossest when you you step on a snail? I can feel it right now. Oh, big juicy that one. gives me the ick. The light crunch I'll and then the slime. And then the horror <laughs> that you've killed something. Liza, our bang paper is just like, <laughs> I can see the shivers running up a down her back. Well, from that, um, you know, not giving two fucks to another great story that you <laughs> shared with me. Makeup is out. Grey hair is in. Oh, we love that. And this is fashion, Miss. This is fashion. We love some fashion. But um, Paris Fashion Week is currently on or has been on. I never know. It's always a bit, you know, it's either last week or this week or it's... it's I think there's also like multiple weeks at the start and the end of the year. Yeah. So it's like what week? Yeah. Anyway. People are in Paris and they're <laughs> watching parades. Um, apparently also catching bed bugs and taking them all back around to wherever they live in the world because there's a huge infestation of bed bugs in Paris at the moment on the trains, on the buses. So everyone's freaking out because they've all been and they're like, oh, my God, darling. I found out about the bed bugs by St. Hoax, which if you're not following yet, St. Yeah. Hoax is one of the funniest people you can follow on Instagram. And that's how I found out about the Paris bed bugs. It's all memes. It's all great. I'll put it in the show it's notes. It's really good. Well, what's happened at Paris Fashion Week this week? <laughs> Um, aside from some amazing parades, which I've also watched because they're amazing, uh, a couple of women, established women, have turned up. They say no makeup, but I suspect there's quite a bit of makeup actually. They're just turning up, essentially, yeah. dressed well. And I think they're being patted on the back for that. Cor- courageous. Yeah, it's very courageous brave. to come out. You're brave if you're in your late 50s. And, well, it's Pamela Anderson. And you can't be bothered putting on your lippy. Yeah, it's Pamela Anderson, Helen Mirren, Andy McDowell, all stunners in their life regardless, which is, I think this is where the, the conflict for me is. They, they're going to look amazing at any age, you know. They're beautiful. They, they've always been – their faces are structurally beautiful. Their bodies are were always amazing and still are. They didn't start like the likes of us in this world. Oh, come on. With, <laughs> when you are a catwalk supermodel, I know that. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's like they're going to look good regardless, and and 
And then to have people say it's so courageous and brave, it's like, no, she's just going out. That's normal. And it should be, it should be normal to be able to go and look your age. Uh, and, and, and now they're sort of suggesting that this is a movement, a movement that advertisers are getting behind. What are they calling it? It's, it's got a name, um, pro-aging. So, you well, know, you're seeing that in more, even Australian fashion mm, shoots. You're seeing that women who are over 50, who have got grey hair, it's grey. more wrinkles are being used in, in catwalk shoots and, you know, Sydney and Melbourne Fashion Week and the like. Yeah, it's great. One of my girlfriends, Kate, is mm. a catwalk model in her 50s. And it's just so wonderful to see women who look their age up there amongst all of them. And they look incredible next to everybody in all forms that they come. I, I, I just love it. But the fact that it's an anomaly still frustrates me, really frustrates me. That speaks to, it's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I know that it's like, I agree with you, I sort of balk at that, those phrasings of courageous and brave. And I think actually Jamie Lee Curtis was one of the people that said that in a, an Instagram post, you know, this woman showed up and claimed her seat at the table with nothing on her face. I'm so impressed and floored by this act of courage and rebellion. Now, Jamie Lee Curtis is one of the most normy people out there. You know, she's extra. She's a Nepo baby. She's grown mm. up in Hollywood. But also she doesn't shy away from showing herself as a, a woman of a certain age with all of the saggy bits and all that kind of stuff. Um, and her saying that, I was like thinking to myself, you're still applying those words, but also with the knowledge that in the society that we live in, that yes, it is sadly for women, as this Guardian piece says, your face is your fortune mm. and it's dependent on the judgment of others for better or worse. So it is an act of, of courage to stand up. You hope that that makes other people feel as though they can come out and not put all the, the slap on, which is what old people like us call makeup. Yes, that's correct. I stopped wearing makeup. I was living in the during – sorry to keep on talking about the pandemic, but it's just when things turned, basically when I stopped giving a fuck about a lot of <laughs> shit. And I was living in one of the most hipster areas of Melbourne. I was renting a place, having just moved from Sydney back to Melbourne, and it was like – one of the most hipster areas of Melbourne, North Fitzroy, but deep into the pandemic a few months in uh, and the lockdowns, I just was like, I gave up. Yeah. And that was so freeing for me. Yeah. It wasn't courageous or brave. It was freeing. It was CBF, can't be fucked. It was can't be fucked. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) And that's what I'm hoping that these women, I hope Pammy just had CBF. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck the snail girl era. It's the CBF era. (laughs) Um, I, Why are I just, we not writing these hot takes? I know. Because we've got a podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just hope she, she couldn't, you know, I hope that one day we're allowed to CBF wherever we go. I'm there, babes. <laughs> You're already there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. Hey, we were talking a lot about bears last week because mm. Bang On is music, art, life stuff and, and bears. bears. And I just wanted to shout out all the Bang fam that got back to us in the Bang box. We've had lots of great emails. Anna who says, I'm a bear expert. Not really. If it's brown, lay down. If it's black, fight back. We're talking about the difference between brown oh, and I bear. I thought she was talking about stuff in the toilet. Because, <laughs> oh. you know, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, wash it down. I didn't know what you were talking about then. Have you heard that one? <laughs> I was wondering what you're fighting back against. What's alive down there? What's been thought, happening in I your genuinely thought you were. I genuinely thought that. I was like, wait, are we talking about bears or are we... Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. That was. Here's another one. 
I'm just going to see where you go with this one. Julie was talking with her daughter about what to do if ever encountered by a bear. Um, just happened to be doing it the same week that we were talking about bears because bears are in the zeitgeist right now. And her daughter says, if it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lie down. If it's white, say good night. <gasps> that is true, though. If you get a polar bear, you You're are. Fucked. It's over. <laughs> if, you, if that clocks you, life. Are they one of the biggest complete. of the bears? They'd have to be, wouldn't they? Yeah. We are your bear podcast all of a sudden. Another great email, and this will be the final one from Han. Hey, Zan and Miff, I'm an Aussie living in California and a distinct non-bear expert here. Great. I did a bit of reading recently before taking my pup hiking in the northern Sierras for the first time this summer. And this is my understanding. Black bears are pretty skittish and will take off if you make a racket. Okay. That's good. So in Japan, I would have been fine if I'd had a bit of a, you know, whistle while you walk vibe. Uh, if they don't, though, stand your ground and fight to the death. Oh. For brown bears, it's a whole other story, Han says. Lie down and let death wash over you. Oh. <laughs> Easy. I keep thinking of that Werner Herzog film. Oh, my God. Far out. If what was that called? Oh. I, I, I'm traumatised by it. It is incredible. Look at us both Googling. Bear film. For those who haven't seen it, Grizzly, Grizzly Man. Man, it's a it's a documentary chronicling the life and death of a bear enthusiast. His name is Timothy Treadwell and he did he, not tread well. He did not tread well at all amongst the bears. Oh no, he thought he was fine for ages and then Yeah, it was good night. Yeah. It was amazing footage though. He lay down and let death wash over him. Well, he didn't have a choice. No. <laughs> The weird thing about our current obsession with bears coming off the back of me going to Japan talking about bears is that, can you believe it this week, it is Fat Bear Week. (gasps) What is Fat Bear Week? I'm glad you asked. It is a celebration of the fattest bear of the year. Now, I've done my research. It happens at the Brooks River in Katmai National Park in Alaska. Now, basically around this time, bears are going into hibernation because we are heading into the winter in the Northern Hemisphere. So they have to fatten up. They have to fatten up. They have to eat as much salmon as they can. And a few years sweet ago... Sweet times. The... Sweet times. Why can't we have that? I like mine. When no one, no one's judging. Seared. Yeah, no one's judging. I just want to fatten up for winter and it's okay. I reckon hibernation is amazing. The fact that you can just eat a shit ton and then just go and have a little sleep in a cave. For weeks. And that'll keep you going. Apparently they don't sleep the whole time. Sometimes they're up and about and do a bit of a dozy look about, but that's it. But don't they put rocks? Oh, my God. Oh. What did you do? Where did your brain just go? I've heard that bears put rocks up their bums so the, in order not to poo because they're, they're asleep. So because like, how does, is that true? Do I need to? That's a lot of Googling. ABC fact checker like, we're here. Why don't you use us? Uh, hang on. I'm just being kicked off the ABC Wi-Fi. <laughs> no, you don't belong in me. Ah. Oh. Ever wondered what happens to a bear's butt <laughs> during hibernation? You probably already know this is a, a BuzzFeed article. Okay, great. I know. Great. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> you probably already knew that bears hibernate during the winter months thanks to cartoons and toilet paper commercials. But have you ever wondered what happens to bears' butts when they, they're asleep for months on end? Oh, give me a picture. <laughs> I mean, no, no, give me the words. To avoid soiling themselves while they hibernate, bears actually do plug their butts because nature has no rules, apparently. Bears have butt plugs. 
They have a tappan or fecal plug forms internally with what can only be described as pure witchcraft. This is not a scientific article. <laughs> However, my point stands. I know, isn't that amazing? Clever. Did not know you were going to come to me with this when I, I talked did not about know Fat I was Bear Week. I did not know I was coming to you with this. It was just a question I posed because I'd heard that. From Fat Bear Week to butt plugs <laughs> in a very short leap. Uh, Mike Fitz was the creator of Fat Bear Week. He realised that people were posting photos of bears, the same bears at different times of the year, and he thought, this is going to go viral. And he was right. It is. It's this worldwide phenomenon. You can check it out. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. You can vote for your own fat bear, um, vote for your fattest bears, and one. celebrate um, you know, the story nuts for winter vibe of fat bears. That's the right. win is going to be decided on... Fat Bear Tuesday. That's this coming Tuesday, Fat Bear Tuesday, uh-huh. US time. So that'll be sometime on Wednesday and we'll be watching keenly and report back on who is the winner of F- Fat Bear Week. Have we got any, like, front runners at this point? I don't think so. Some of them are just called numbers. Oh. Some of them get cool names and some are like Bear 402. Sir 480 Otis. <laughs> Otis. He looks good. Yeah, there's some good ones. I watched the four-minute explainer of what was Fat Bear Week, and that was the extent of my research. Well, we are scientists, so, you know. Yeah, it's a, a very um, factual they come, podcast. They come here for the, for the well-researched chats. Googling, have, yes. <laughs> absolutely. A lot of people also banging back about the master bedroom, which we talked a bit about last week. We were talking about it as a patriarchal thing, but mm. as many Bang Fan pointed out, is actually more has roots in slavery. So thank you for... Telling us that it's, yeah, true. That's why it's called Master Bedroom, which is even more gross. Exactly. Uh, now it's called the Primary Suite or Bedroom. Primary suite. Primary. Primary suite. Which suggests you've got like just multiple bedrooms, don't you? Yeah. In your McMansion. That means you've got secondary. <laughs> yeah. Many secondaries. And thir- thirdly. Yeah. And four- fourthly, quarterly. I don't know. Anyway. Thanks for your input, everyone. We love your emails. <laughs> Very meandering episode of Bang On. Um, we've got some exciting news, though. Mm-hmm. I have seen something online that has given me a, a hint that Take Five on the telly is coming back next week. Oh, I wonder what that is, Miss. Oh. Thank you for feeding me that. Sorry, uh, I've, got a, I've got one hair. <laughs> right. It's literally one hair stuck there. Um, that's amazing. Series two. Series two of Take Five premiering on Fat Bear Tuesday. <laughs> The 10th of October, so I'm coming up against some tough competition. But, yeah, 8pm, ABC and iView, it's going to be up there with the one and only Noel Gallagher. Actually, let me play you a little bit of the first episode. People have said that to me down the years, like, what does slowly walking down the hall faster than a cannonball mean? And I'm like, take enough drugs, you'll know what it means. (laughs) Noel Gallagher, the human headline. That's right. He's so good. It was such a good chat. The Take 5, If I know Bang Fam are across it, but we did the first season last year and it was just such a joy to be able to bring it to screen. And we went overseas again this year. We went to London to interview Noel Gallagher and Natalie Imbruglia in London. We spoke to Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is the creator of Hamilton, G-Flip, Jimmy Barnes. What a great lineup! Mark Cole-Smith from Mystery Road Origin and many other great Australian TV shows and, and films, and they're all really different. And I was going to say unreal. they'd all be wildly different in terms of their totally. song choice. Yeah, and just their stories as well. But like, I think the thing that you know I've known for years with Take Five is that people all come to it with 
their own history and their own connections, whether you're interested in what the person's chosen, whether there's a song that you love as well. Mm. A lot of people I found in the first season were like, oh, my God, thank you for introducing me to this music. I'd never heard it before. It's so good. And I love that. that There's so many points you can come in. But it's also just like stories galore. And Noel Gallagher, he told me in the filming a 15-minute story about Burt Bacharach. (laughs) I was like, you know when you're laughing so much you feel like you're winded? But I was like doing the TV (laughs) things. I was like, I've got to like keep it together. You're also going, we can't use this. Yeah, the whole time. I'm in my head going. going, This is so good, clearly. Cutting room for. We can't use this. It did make the cut, a a siphoned down version of it. But yes, that was totally my producer brain going in there. Give me a hint. What is it? Burt Bacharach and... Well, you know that Burt Bacharach was on the cover of Definitely Maybe, mm. their debut record. He then ends up meeting Burt oh. in a hotel lobby. Oh. This can't go well. <laughs> there's, I think there's some drambui involved or something. There's a hotel room. Oh. Next minute he's up on stage singing with him. There's a, it's, a, it's a long story, best told by Noel. I cannot wait. <laughs> cannot wait. So that's going to be premiering on Tuesday night. I hope Bang Fam can get behind it and, and watch it um, and, and enjoy it. I hope you really love it. But, yeah, I'm super proud of it and I can't wait to share it with you. Yay! Yay! What are you banging on about this week? I am banging on about a podcast. I'm actually doing a chat with the host of the podcast as part of the Wheeler Centre Spring Fling, but it's sold out, so we're not doing There's no promo. You can't come. So bad <laughs> Um, you missed out. No Stevie Nicks Barbie for you. No, no Miff Warhurst in conversation. No, no. So there's no promo here. But um, the podcast I wanted to share with everyone in the Bang Fan because I can't believe I haven't actually talked about this before. I realised I hadn't. It's called Sentimental Garbage and it's it's right up my hoo-ha, essentially, in terms of my wheelhouse. Right up your bare butt plug. That's correct. <laughs> um, because essentially what she does is, well, she's in defence of all the things that other people might think is trash sentimental. Oh my God, this is made for you. Exactly. And and celebrates it and really goes deep each episode. I mean, she's covered things like Sex in the City, Dirty Dancing, The Sims, Mariah Carey. Like, it's just a perfect podcast and I've been listening for years, but I realised I'd never banged on about it because mm. it, it, it is just so much in my wheelhouse. And she's also a writer, an amazing writer. She's got a great voice. She's beautiful Irish lilt and she writes gorgeously. She wrote The Rachel Project. Oh, yeah, right. Which I'm currently listening to now, yeah, which yeah. is just fabulous. So is she from Ireland? Is she coming out? Yeah, she's coming out oh, cool. to have a chat. But um, the podcast, get on it. It's just joyful. And I realised how wonderful it is to hear People just having a nice time and a nice conversation. They're not trying too hard. They're not pretending to be anyone that they are like us. Exactly. <laughs> They're just themselves unapologetically and they love what they love and uh, there's so much joy to be had in that. Yeah. And they're not trying to be cool. And it's, yeah, it's it's perfect. And I can't believe I've never actually banged on about it before. So. This is a perfect bang on for Bang Fam, I reckon. So the Sentimental Podcast? Yeah, yeah, it's called Sentimental Garbage. Okay, great. I'll put that in the Easy show notes. Find. Awesome. Uh, what are you banging on about? Well, I know I talk about this a little bit, but it just wound up on Tuesday night. So I wanted to give a big bang on shout out to the third season of Only Murders in the Building. <gasps> You've watched it. I've watched it. No spoilers. Don't get scared. I'm not going to give any spoilers. Uh, We know that there were some special guests in this series. Paul Rudd, amazing, so funny. I love him so much. Meryl Streep just, you know, acting the shit out of it, being fantastic. Matthew Broderick also, like, really funny lines because he is a star. Like, his career beyond acting and obviously Ferris Bueller, which is, you know, many of us grew up on, Mm. 
has been very much entrenched in musical theatre in New York. Like he's the king of Broadway, one of the kings of Broadway. So he is in this. It's about the third season centred around a a musical theatre show. Of course. That Martin Shorts, (laughs) as a producer, is trying to put on called Death Rattle Razzle Dazzle. Oh, my God. And it's I would just, watch that show. It's I know. I loved it. It's funny. Actually, I was talking to some workmates about it and they were like, oh, the musical theatre, just couldn't do it because of that. And I'm like, oh, because I quite like a musical theatre. I love a bit of musical I will say this. When I interviewed Lin-Manuel Miranda, I consumed more musical theatre in one week than I have in my life and I got a bit sick of musical theatre after that. You need a rest after that. You I was kind of rest. busting into rooms just into yeah. song. <laughs> Everything was a, was a, a scene, a performance. Uh, but this is really funny and I think that the thing that I've loved about the other two seasons is the writing is just so on point. The chemistry between Martin Short and Steve Martin in particular is just gold. Yeah. But also like, you know, Selena Gomez as the, you know, the other star in this who's, you know, decades for age difference. Sometimes when people write generational comedy, it it's pretty flat. All of the jokes around those generational differences are really funny in this. Like it's genuinely awesome. And there is a cliffhanger like every other season of Only Murders, it ends and the very last scene is another murder, which means there's going to be another season. You wouldn't move into that building. You know what? When this started, we were like, we want to live in the Arconia. <laughs> I'm like, no. It's where you're going to die. <laughs> it's incredible. I reckon it's been consistently great across three seasons. If you haven't gotten on board yet, it's on Disney Plus if you've got it and it's just so, so good. Love it. Sweet. Babes, great to see you. Good to see you too. And uh, know nothing about things. And also just thanks for just bringing a bare butt plug into my week. I don't even know where I pulled that from in my brain, but I knew I was right. I knew. And we've got to go. You've got to go with your guts, Anne. That's the tagline of bang on. I'll see you next week. See ya. Bye, babes. Bang. 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 Bang.